0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and today we are joined by the lovely Juliana Marilanda, Now, if you're an agency owner or someone that's ever faced operational issues, this is the episode for you. We talk about her background, uh, starting out working in some of the pretty large sporting events and managing them operationally, all the way to what she's doing now, helping agency owners install better operation systems so that they can scale. Uh, And of course, if we can help you scale with your marketing, just head over to our free Facebook community, www.joinmygroup.com.au, where we help you grow with marketing and sales and all that fun stuff. But until then, let's jump into the show. thank you so much for joining us today really appreciate you making the time
1: oh thanks so much for having me here um super excited to be connected digitally across the
0: pond. I know it's great to have you from the other side of the world so <laughs> good to have you here now I always like to start the podcast off the same way every time which is if I met you at a party and we were chatting and I said to you Juliana what is it that you actually do what's your go-to answer
1: um so i used to joke that sometimes i would just sell air um <laughs> people would buy it but i've got a little bit more sophisticated than that right and and usually i say that you know i'm really here helping agency owners design high performance teams systems and processes so that they can truly spend more time with their family um or even start a second third fourth business
0: and what um what got you into that? Because I, I, I have to assume that as a little girl, you probably didn't say, "When I grow up, I want to help agency owners to get back more time and do that sort of stuff." <laughs> what, uh, what was kind of the pathway that got you to the point where you're at right now?
1: Um. So I, I've been doing business operations now for about twenty years, and I started off, you know, out of college, working on Wall Street, you know, like making that money, looking at operating, you know, models financial models for for like 16 hours a day not so fun and then i transitioned into working in sports and entertainment venues doing operations there and and it was it was you know going from a desk job to running around like a you know crazy chicken without her head on um not knowing how to manage at all i had no clue what i was doing um because i was 22 at the time and and so like the gig was almost like a traveling managers like they'll pick you up and they'll throw you in a new city um where you're managing operations for things like super bowl and brighter cup and you know usta tennis like all these crazy events and it was like all right juliana go and you know hire your team of 40 to 50 people in this hiring fair where you're going to interview 100 people a day and then train them for two or three days like and training was was really excellent right because i look like i was 13 um and (laughs) like i get there and i'm like i'm the manager and we're talking about like football fields across where resources are completely distributed and then it's go and operate you know about a million dollars a week rinse wash repeat and so very quickly um i was like i'm gonna see if i can hack managing because i didn't know how to manage (laughs) and like my thought process my mantra became okay how do i manage less that was my ultimate goal um by training faster and hiring better so it was manage less train faster hire better and um because i was doing that every six to eight weeks rinse wash repeat right scaling up and scaling down fast forward had different operations jobs since then And when i started my business in 2015 what i had seen was people still didn't want to manage whether they knew how to or not um business owners and you know they're like i don't want to become hr i don't want to manage people i'm not here for the drama of it and and agency owners were actually really on the vanguard of you know i mean now it's like we're quoting it in a pandemic-ish world like remote work right but there was distributed teams, there was a distributed workforce, hybrid teams, people work part-time, full-time, employees, strategic partnerships, collaborations. Um, And how do you manage deliverables and workflows um, across all these different humans and spaces um, and geography and do it in a high-performance way? So that's really why I picked digital agency owners, because they were on the vanguard at the beginning of that and and i wanted to get in on it um since then we've helped over 300 agencies which is really you know exciting and really figuring out what works and what really doesn't work
0: (laughs) i'm sure like i I always because what works is always good but i always like to know the things that don't work right because that's like there's i feel like so many of us do them and like we have a digital agency so my smile and head nods are because i'm like yes yes i know all i've i know all these pains like it's uh, <laughs> it's uh frustrating um uh, i i can only uh assure and reaffirm and w- all the things that you're you're going to be saying and for for people like that i've seen especially ones that we um we have a mastermind as well and we we help agency owners and things like that too they always seem to want to have a like a silver bullet that's going to solve everything they're just like cool. But like, Julianne, like, tell me, like, what's the one magic software that I can use to manage all of this? Or like, what's the one magic pool or something like that? What's, uh, what are a few of the kind of commonalities that when people first come to you before they obviously get your help that they think is the solution that actually probably isn't?
1: What do people think is the solution? Um, so hiring more people, you know, and, and I, I talk about this as sort of like, you know, throwing people at a process challenge. Right. Because it's like, um, I just need a body. Anybody give me a body. <laughs> right? Like, um, if, if you're in a constraint, right. And, and totally get that, right. Like, someone needs to handle it because um, if not, it's usually someone in leadership that's spread too thin or it's the owner that's spread too thin. And then you're taking away resources from, you know, managing other parts of the business or growing or scaling. But the, the challenge is, is like, if you're losing money, and someone wasn't doing their job and there's no training and there's no process and then you stick somebody else in and there's no training and there's no process, right? Like even if that person is amazing, right? Like once that person leaves, because eventually, you know, people will leave There will still be no training and no process unless that person puts it in. And most people that are really good at their jobs, right, that you're hiring for, whether it's a marketing manager, an account manager, right? Like, they're usually there to do the job, not to document it or really processize, like, the actual how does it function, right? Like, they're they're not hired to be a trainer or... An operator, right? They're hired to do a specific thing. So, so I think that's one of the biggest things. It's like, if if I can just throw people or money at something, it'll eventually work. And I mean, and a lot of times it does, right? But not sustainably. And when you start to see rapid growth, right? Like if you're if you're lucky enough to be in a place where you're experiencing rapid growth, um, that sustainability thing really becomes important. And so does profitability, right? Because like if you're just throwing money or people at certain things, your profitability is automatically going to go down. And then your ability to invest in the things that you really want, right? Investing in growth, that becomes harder.
0: And how how have you found because I know that there's a lot of and I've I've seen this with a few agency owners that we've kind of worked with is that they go and then they put some processes and systems in place. But then it's like they they put them in place because it seems good, but then not everyone uses them. <laughs> like, yes. how um, have you found to like make the actual processes and procedures like sticky, where it's like, hey, if we're using this project management software, it's like update it, like you know, just simple things like that.
1: So I'll I'll kind of talk about this twofold, right? Well, usually when I talk to agency owners, and they're like, yeah, we got a system, and I'm like, cool, um, I'm so excited for you, yes. First step, um, and then I'm like, "Is everybody using it?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, some people are using it, kind of, <laughs> right?" And then I'm like, "And what was the last time you updated it?" Well, you know, we we updated ish, right? And then I'm like, "Okay, cool." And out of the people who are using it, is it being done consistently, ish, right? So I, <laughs> I'm a lot of like ish territory, <laughs> um. And, and it's just such a pain in the butt when when you're when you're in this ish territory right because from a founder standpoint from an owner standpoint then you don't have visibility right like the the inputs aren't accurate of what people are doing and producing and deliverables and you know timelines and all this stuff right like that stuff isn't accurate so for me to be able to make decisions on hiring um on investing on um you know can i move stuff around because we you know we we have a new client or you know we got new client requests but they're actually giving us money for it yay we're super excited like you know how, how do we shuffle like i don't have visibility on what to do so so it's very difficult for me to make decisions as an owner right so that's kind of on this side and that's such a common practice and kim i'm sure you see that all the time right like i mean i'm sure you see people in the ish territory right <laughs>
0: We even same as like oh. I know, uh, like other people, uh, ourselves in the team. Like, mm. I remember just even yesterday checking one of our project management uh, software, So I'm like, for these clients, it's been updated. For this client, for some reason, it hasn't been not updated. So much,
1: yeah, yeah, not so much. And so, so then when it comes to right, and I'm going to use a very like technical term, right? When when it comes to change management, right? You're when you're implementing anything, whether it's a system, a software um, new documentation, instructions, training, right? Like anything that you are adding that's new to how you operate in the business. So I always say the first step is getting buy-in, right? Because some teams are implementing stuff. Like, I mean, I've had clients who have been in business for 20 years. They're like, we've been in business for 20 years. They're like, now they're trying to change things up. And the team's like, what are you doing? Why are you touching it? Stop touching it. Stop it. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so, right. You, you have an existing culture. Um, or an existing team, maybe, right? And so now you got to get buy-in from that team, right? Because what's going to inevitably happen, right, is that if you have an existing team and they're not doing it, and then you've put in all these new shiny toys, right, of systems and processes and operations, and then you have new team members using it, now you're going to have a culture clash. And that's icky too, right? Because a lot of the sometimes what I see in inconsistency is like, okay, well, who's actually doing it and who's not, right? Um, The ultimate... The other things where you have inconsistencies, it's like, and we see this a lot, right? Like we have a team makeup where you have a small leadership team of employees, and then you've got people who are executing who are freelancers or contractors, right? Or vendors. So now we have like inconsistencies in that, right? Or, and I've seen it where people have several tools and people are doing their own thing because they're trying to find their own organization. Um, and that's, that's a hot mess. So I think first step is getting buy-in. Um, from the team, right? It's like, hey, how are you using this? Are you using it? Why are you using it? How do you think you can get better? And and for a lot of leadership, sometimes it's it's like, oh man, I gotta have a, a meeting to get feedback from the team and this is overhead, I wouldn't have time for this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't have time in the future to then go back, right, to everybody. So I think first step is buy-in. And then also with the buy-in, people feel like they're included in this decision and, and they understand the why we're doing this and how it's going to positively affect them, right? Um, it's not that we're trying to double the work. It's not that, you know, we're trying to be like big brother, like now have, you know, we're, we're trying to actually make things easier for them. Um, we're not trying to auto-bot their job or like fire them eventually. Like um, what we're trying to do is, is really make the work easier so that they can have a more stable, fulfilling, you know, job. And, you know, so that eventually we can get more clients and pay them more. Um, in theory, right? Like as most owners who are well-intentioned with their team, we, we want to provide that. So, so really having buy-in, having them understand why we're doing this, getting them to actually give inputs on what things are working and not working. I think is a huge step that's often missed um and then the second step that i think is often missed is um actually helping them create the habit around the new systems i think that the beginning of every process is actually habit it's not the process itself right we're like we got this process now follow it yeah but they've been doing it a certain way for so long (laughs) right um or they're coming in from someone else doing it like away for so long and we may or may not like the way that they've been doing it or maybe they're doing it fantastically and now we want the rest of the team to adopt it right but someone's behavior needs to change so now we have to help with habit formation right and and if we think about habit formation takes anywhere between 28 to 45 days to create a habit right so if we think that they're going to do something immaculately like the next day usually not the case right (laughs) um so so doing things such as like setting up reminders, you know, doing positive reinforcement on the people who are doing it publicly. So everybody else is like, oh my God, this is important. Leadership is actually caring about this. It's not just another shiny thing that they're trying to ask us to do. So gamifying it that way, creating reward systems, making it fun, you know, anything that we can do to help the habit of the team to, to actually change. And then once we get that consistency, establishing um, ways of making sure that the information, the system, everything is updated um consistently across the board right and now we start measuring it um and then we could do that with like metrics and performance kpis and things of all that nature
0: Mm. yeah i think that's that's hugely powerful and yeah as you say that management of change especially when you have consistently of changing and moving parts which i think especially digital agencies or anyone that's online it's like you're always going to have a probably a, a relatively maybe apart from leadership team but a fluid workforce from what i've observed it's like people coming in and out and as you say then you've got your contractors, your freelancers, your um external other agencies that are doing things for mm-hmm. you as well. Like it's um uh it, it can be a bit of a minefield. So yeah, I, I really like that. And do you find it the the same approach and process for people when they're dealing with those contractors, freelancers, even other agencies, utilizing that same process to see how can we all get on board with, you know, like why or why wouldn't you guys want to use this? program? What program do you use? How can we make it work together? Or like, how do you find that meshing of those external ones as well? Is it basically the same process or anything different?
1: The I think the piece where it gets a little tricky, right, is, um, is the legalities of where you're doing business and where other people are doing business, right? Because in theory, right, like um, if someone's not an employee, you can't tell them what system to use, right? However, um, and it depends on where you live, right? Like in the US or certain states versus Australia versus like if you're in Europe, you know, I know people all over the world are listening. So, um, however, what you can do is set up your scope of work so that it works with your systems and processes, right? So, if you're setting up your contracts, your scopes of work, your engagements, right? Um, however you call them. Um, with those vendors, contractors, you know, whether you're being white labeled or, um, co-labeled, or if you're white labeling right now, trying to, depending on how, let's say sophisticated the engagement is right. Sometimes you might have some redundancy, sometimes you can figure out like how you guys can work in tune um or how you can make the systems work together, you know. And then sometimes if if you really need the money you're like, "All right, crap, screw the system, we just need the cash, right?" Um and that that's all fair game. Um but as but we're like the place where you want to get to or achieve, right? Once You know especially as you're more established um as an agency and as you're having more years in business is is really getting everyone on board with proven processes that work that you know are going to deliver great quality and great results for your clients right and so whether they're employees right especially if they're employees, right? And then if you have contractors or freelancers or you know other types of engagements, speaking about what does it look like to actually do the work um inside of your scopes and contracts. So that way there's no surprises, people understand um the expectations are set and and then you can create a much more profitable engagement with these people.
0: Yeah, it makes a, a lot of sense there. And from the perspective of the, all the different businesses that you've worked with, and obviously you mentioned kind of that first step of getting the buy-in and things like that, is there anything that people should be thinking at or uh, thinking about, sorry, or looking at before, even before that first step to make sure that, you know, they, they are aware that there is a problem or like, ha- like obviously sometimes as I say, you can go in and check and see that things aren't being done, but is there anything that people um, should be really thinking about or focusing on in uh, to kind of preempt any potential future problems?
1: Um, I think the, the sticking points of like, you know, um, it's, I think one of the easiest places to go to is where are you losing money? <laughs> right? You're like, oh, losing money here. Right. And, you know, where do you have a lot of volume? Right? Like that's, you know, that that's definitely going to be like, oh my God, like we're either, um, you know, getting, and, and volume could look like Holy crap, we just got a bunch of clients or, oh, this one client is feeding us a lot more work, right? Like our retainer just increased massively from this one client. Like, I mean, I've had um, clients who've had retainers that were like, you know, 10K a-, a month and then they blew up to be like 100K a month. Same client, right? Um, <laughs> that's that's a big increase in volume. So So really taking a look at or we're just doing massive hiring. Um I had a client who was like, okay, we need to hire 20 people this quarter. Like boom. So, depending on where your where your volume is, um that's the place where you're going to need the most process. And I think the the difficult part, right? I'm I'm always a big proponent of getting batteries before the storm, not during the storm, because like it's really hard to create process while you're taking on all that volume, right? Cuz you're just like you're flying by the seat of your pants, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, in those moments, you're like, ah. And so there's there's ways to hack it. I always tell people, like, if if you do find yourself in the storm um, and trying to create process is do as much video as you possibly can that transcribes so that you can then later on turn that into SOPs, right, um, or instructions or training. So that way you can verbally process as you're doing it. So you're double dipping on work that you're doing anyway because you have to do it nonetheless right and usually during those times you're going to be hiring anyway and then automatically you have some level of training because chances are you're not going to have time to train anyway right because you're still flying by the seat of your pants if you're riding a certain wave so i think that's really useful um one of the things that we do is like i've been creating an assessment for the last seven years since i started the business for agency owners so that they can actually see exactly it's a heat map of where in their operations for things like sales client onboarding client management um reporting because reporting can take up so much time um if you're an agency that does reporting you know hiring onboarding performance um so you can see exactly where things are missing in your process and in your operations to really be able to quantify your operational performance because a lot of the times i think it's difficult when you're so close to it to be able to actually identify what the true thing is um, a couple of examples are, you know, I have clients that come to me and they're like, oh, Juliana, I just really need better time management. And I'm like, do you really need better time management or do you just need to delegate more? I'm like, how much more stuff can we just get off your plate? Right? Like, how many meetings can we clear off your calendar so you actually have, like, the time to do other things? Um, right? Because it may not be time management. It might just be we need to just get stuff out of your, like, doing of things. Right? And And sometimes they're like, oh, man, I lost a client. It could be, you know, they're like, "Oh, was it production results were great, but the client onboarding was really bad, right?" Um, they didn't like really build that trust with the client, and then they got poached. So it's it's really kind of pinpointing where the symptom is as we're feeling it as we're growing, and then where's the operational glitch?
0: Of that. I could probably sit here and uh ask you questions and uh, pick your brain all day on these things but I do want to make sure we uh we stay on time here and I, at this point I'd like to ask a question which is is there is there a question that I haven't asked you yet that I should have
1: I think one of I mean maybe I, I don't know if it's a question per se but it is something that um I think a lot of owners go through with agencies is that they kind of plateau like maybe the question is like where do agencies plateau um and so mm-hmm. they they kind of plateau at, like, the 1.3 million. Um, everyone's in the rush to get to a million. And then I've seen people, you know, teams get stuck in the 1.3 for decades, you know, like, from anywhere from, like, two or three years to decades, because it's, like, the same things that got you there don't get you to the next one, which is about, like, 3 million, right? Because now we have to start thinking more thoroughly about, what does the quality of work look like? What does the communication look like? You know, and and there's a lot more intentionality that goes into breaking that next step, um and then it's going into the eight figures where it's we're now talking really about how do we have visibility across our team so that it can grow without you, right? It's it's no longer about can it operate, can it run without you? It's about can the business grow without you? Can you remove yourself? from you know doing the high level like fires with clients do we have leadership in place um can we remove ourselves from strategy that's usually a really hard one for agency owners and and then can we remove ourselves from sales and marketing so that's that's the kind of like the plateaus that people will hit and knowing that um it's totally possible to like you know smash through those plateaus and it just requires different resources
0: yeah i like that that's uh, awesome, great! I'm um, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad I asked you that question to get that question from you. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm glad um, you did too. <laughs> for anyone that's been listening and they said, "Look, I really want to know more about what Julianne is up to. How I can you know find out more what she does? Where's the best place for people to connect with you online?"
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that scaling an agency can be extremely grueling, um, and the growing pains are real, <laughs> but it. It actually doesn't have to be that hard. Um, So I have a couple of resources. I think the easiest thing to do is to join our newsletter. Once you do that, I think we've got a flow of like six months of like nothing but value (laughs) that, you know, everything for, you know, um, client onboardings, uh, client management, Um, and I'm very big on making sure that it's entertaining because, you know, ops can be a little boring sometimes. And, And also that you have like really actionable things to do. Um, I believe that small steps can, you know, create a big impact and you can, you know, find that at scaletime.co that's co forward slash podcast slash, uh, TKBS. So that'll be there. And then I've also got this five minute diagnostic. Um, I know we talked about like, oh man, how do you find out like maybe where you're losing money or where potentially, or, you know, where are my blind spots? Um, and in five minutes with our diagnostic, Diagnostic and it's a free assessment. You can go and find out 50 operational gaps Um, And then we basically send you a heat map with some fancy results So you can really know like how you're doing operationally and what's the performance of your operations? I've been working on this forever. So it's super cool and You know, definitely go to that take the time and if you resonated with anything that I said, you know, definitely jump on a call Um, I'll make sure that we find the right resources for you and again that's at skilltime.co forward slash podcast forward slash tkbs
0: amazing thank you so much so guys wherever you're listening check the show notes above or below we'll uh, have all the links there as well and if you know someone who has an agency as well maybe share this episode with them let them get mm-hmm. some of uh, juliana's uh, wisdom into their ears again thank you so much for joining us really appreciate you making the time
1: oh absolutely thank you so much and i'm so happy that i got to chat with your audience.
0: Yeah, it's been great. Thank you.